Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch big games from the Women's Super League live on Sky Sports. It is Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you this evening. All our football coverage brought to you by Sky. You can watch every minute of the Africa Cup of Nations live on Sky Sports. It's just gone half seven. John Giles is with us. Evening, John. Evening, Nathan. So Roy Hodgson is back in football. 74 has just taken on the Watford job, his 17th different club in a 46-year managerial career. It is quite remarkable longevity. It certainly is. You don't see many of the the, the managers around the 74. Uh, you quit too early, John. Did he? You did. You had about <laughs> another 40 years of management in you. <laughs> I would. I would never have lasted that long, uh, Nathan. <laughs> I, I, never, I never really enjoyed it, to be quite honest. Right. No. Why? No. Uh, I don't know, but you know, I was a player for a long time, and I loved that. And uh, it's an awful lot of responsibility, Nathan, in in management. You know, you're you you're you've got the board, you've got the players, you've got all players are not happy. They some want to go away. Some some think they should be in the team. It's a it's it's a very stressful job, mm. as you can imagine, um, and. Uh, I don't think. I, I, well, I didn't. I didn't last very long in in management. Yeah. Did you ever try and get back in? No. Once you were done, you were done. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. strange how some people do find it so addictive. I even look at the young managers coming through, and uh, you know Frank Lampard been linked with going in with Everton, and he's been out of work for a few months. Or Steven Gerrard, not long after retiring, going from Rangers then to Aston Villa. That like, these are guys who have. You would imagine as much money as they would ever need, but there's something about them. They need to get back in. They need to be around the game. And like Roy Hodgson, I thought when he left Crystal Palace, he said he wasn't retiring, but it's almost felt like it was unspoken that he was done with the game. He'd given everything, but he just can't walk away. No, uh, well, everybody's different, Nathan, as we know. I think he, you know, I think he probably loved the game. Uh, I think as well that you know, Ron H- Rod, Roy didn't have a very successful playing career. Hmm. Uh, uh, Nathan, you know, and he probably always loved the game um, and wanted to stay in it. You know, the, the, but a lot of players who who were in the game for a long time as a player um, wouldn't be. I don't think were as keen on management as some of the players who who didn't have a, such a long career. Now Something that, to that's, prove. That's, that's you know, you got Frank Lampard who very had a very very successful career. Yeah. Uh, who, who wants to go into management and, and probably still does. You know, everybody's different in that particular way. But if you if you look back on the great managers of, of you know of all time, I mean, Ferguson was uh, Alex Ferguson was a good player. He wasn't he wasn't a great player, Nathan. You know, mm. yeah, Stan Cullis was a good player at Wolverhampton. Wenger. Uh, uh, Vanger didn't play at all. Mourinho didn't play at all. You know, so if you, if you look at the great managers, very few of them were great players. Yeah. They got enough so, maybe when they were players. Yeah, they probably got enough satisfaction in what they did as a player, wants to be a player. And and, and you get a lot of people in the game, like Mourinho or, or uh, uh, our man that you're talking about, d- didn't have a successful playing career. Yeah. And and just, just love being involved in it. But everybody's different in it. But but if you go back over over years ago, well, but the likes of Stan Cullis and and uh, Alex Ferguson, that wouldn't have been 
wouldn't have been made the money that the lads are making today. Right, so they the, had the to be- do it. The, the, the best chance of making money was to stay in the game, yeah. in management and that, you know? Roy Hodgson's career, like it's been such a, a long career and you know, he obviously had success with Inter Milan going back over twenty years at this stage. But if you look sort of at the last ten, fifteen years when his return to England, there have been really good moments, like getting Fulham to a Europa League final, did well with West Brom, did well with Crystal Palace, you know, kept them in the Premier League. Mm. But then the two big jobs, the Liverpool job and the England job, always looked like a manager in both just just sort of devoid of ambition, if that's not being too harsh, that he was very good at keeping clubs up and keeping maybe squads of players that weren't the most talented and getting a lot out of them, but but when there was an expectation involved, he seemed to struggle to deal with it. Now, I, I think his take on football, uh, Nathan, was to have teams very, very well organised in a very, very straightforward way. You know, I think he, from what I read, he did a lot of coaching with the players on the on the pitch, even when the, without any opposition, to say to the right back, "This is where you've got to be." The left back, "This is where you've got to be," and, and the midfield players and the forwards, "This is what I expect you to do." And I think when you approach football in that particular way, you're more likely to help the teams that were in trouble rather than the teams that would be winning trophies, because teams that win trophies have players who do as you know, with their, their abilities and the way they can do it. They're not stereotyped, mm. you know. And I think his teams, and I, I remember reading about him, that's what he did. You know, they, they had uh, days after day after day, he would, he would go out coaching, and this is what I want you to do. In other words, the old right half, you stay in that position, uh, always forward across the middle, uh, which is very, very basic, right? But when it comes to, you know, winning trophies, you need pe- people with flair, and ability uh, to do what they ne- think needs to be done on the day. And you need to trust those players. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you can't trust them because they're, they're, they're very good at what they do, mm. and you have to give them the freedom to do what they did. In other words, uh, Bobby, I think Bobby Charlton, for example, who was the best player I ever played with or against, if he was playing under Roy Hodgson, uh, wouldn't know what he had to do. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if Roy Hodgson said, right, you're playing left side of midfield, uh, Bobby, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stay in that position and that. Track back, cover the full-back. Yeah, Bobby Bobby wouldn't be able to do that. Well, he would, but you wouldn't have the Bobby Charlton of getting on the ball and beating players, scoring goals from 40 yards out. You know, I think that's why when he was with the good teams, or with good players, really, really good players, he didn't do he didn't do and he didn't last long at Liverpool and he he wasn't really successful with the England team because he would have had them the playing in the same way that he would have ordinary players at Crystal Palace and other teams that he was su- successful at keeping doing okay avoiding relegation yeah that's the way I would, that's the way I see it with him anyway uh, but it, good it, at what he did at when like he he's as good as anybody else now to go into Watford. Well, that that that's I guess the main point that actually for Watford the position they're in the shambles they seem to be as a club the constant changing of managers. But it sounds yeah. like what you're saying what he can do actually he's probably the perfect fit between now and the end of the season. It could well be you know because I mean, Watford haven't got the best players in the Premiership by a long way, but but he can organise these players in a certain way, especially defensively. Mm. to do what's need to be done. It'd be hard to break down, uh, it'd be hard to play against, uh, and then he wouldn't need to score too many goals. Uh, that's, that's the way I've seen him 
over the years. All the teams I've seen them with well organized, well well uh, uh, set up to do. But in other words, the right hand side of mid like this is where you go. This is and then, you know this is where you you cover that position, you cover that position. Cover that. So it's 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 very very basic stuff, but obviously very very effective when you're in the position that some of the teams that he did well with. Yeah, just to put it into context, uh, Roy Hodgson was managing. Bobby Charlton was still playing. That's how long he's been involved in yeah. management game, Roy Hodgson. It is uh, remarkable longevity. Uh, looking at uh, somebody who's at the other end of the scale then, Frank Lampard has been strongly linked with the Everton job. It seems as though they're going to make a decision over the next 24, 48 hours that Lampard and Vito Pereira are going in for second interviews. There was a feeling when he got the Chelsea job that he got it because of you know his reputation as a Chelsea player, former England international, that he basically was able to step up the ladder quickly because of that. With the Everton job, it feels though there's almost a reverse bias that there's a sense that well he can't be the right man for the job because he doesn't have all those years of experience. Uh, it, where where do you think the truth lies in in Lampard and his managerial ability? Well, I, I think if if the, the players or the, the the future managers have it in them, Nathan, they'll be okay. You know, I think if if he if he really is going to be a successful manager, then he's a good chance of doing it at Everton. That's what I think. In other words, he, he, I think when you come out of the game, he's a very, very good player, as we know, mm. uh, uh, Frank Lampard. And, uh, you know, he'd have ideas in the game of what he wants to do with players, what he sees, sees in players. Now, he has that from the day he finished playing, or even when he was playing, that if and when he went into management, this is what he would do, uh, and this is what he believes in doing. Now, even at the early stage, that's, he's either right or he's wrong, in that particular way. Now, at Chelsea, I thought he was doing a good job. So you could say, well, yeah, his ideas there were basic ideas, and his ideas look good. They looked promising before he had a chance to finish on it. Why couldn't he get them playing the way Thomas Tuchel did then? Um, well, all managers have a different way and a different approach to it. Uh, I mean, Duke, Tuchel is very, very good at uh, getting players organised, uh, standing no nonsense whatsoever, uh, very very strict in 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 what he does. Now Frank, when he played, uh, was very, what I would call loose in the game that he played himself. You know, he was a good goal scorer from midfield. Uh, but everybody has different ideas on the game. I don't know what his ideas are at the game. What I saw, eventually you can see it in the manager because this is what he intends to do. So what he was doing at Chelsea was promising. Now, what he, if, 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 and he didn't have time to finish it, Nathan. You know, you would have to judge him after another maybe two years of that. But his early part, you know, his initial part was, was promising. And he'd have his own ideas on what he wants to do. In yeah. other words, he could, he could say to us, so I was talking about, you were talking to him, I don't really agree with what Tuchel is doing there. You know, because I never found, ever found two people that had the same ideas on football as each other, yeah. even though they play together, you know, and and it's it's a very very personal uh, situation of the ideas that you have in relation to what other people have. I mean, I was very close with with say with Norman Hunter, who was he was my assistant at, at uh, West Brom, but a lot a lot a lot of things we disagreed on. Like I say, I think he's a really good player, and I'm saying I can't really see anything in him. So everybody's different different ideas on how they want to do it, 
Uh, if you look at the, uh, the person we were talking about before, if you, if the lad has just gone to uh, Roy Hodgson, mm. you know, like he'd have totally different ideas on the game to Frank Lampard and Tuchel. Yeah. Now, all, if you look back, look at Guardiola, for example, with Manchester City and, and Jurgen Klopp at, at uh, Liverpool. I mean, both teams played diff- total different styles altogether, and both of them are successful. So what, 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 you, what you have to do in management, players that you like and the way you want to have to play, you have to get the right players in. I mean, there might be players playing with Manchester City that wouldn't fit into Klopp's side. Yeah. And vice versa, you know. But there's not, there's not one way of doing it. Uh, everybody has their own indivi- individual way, the individual way of doing it. Some people do it in their own individual way and not successful. Their, their ideas are not right. Uh, whereas other people, yeah, they're my ideas, this is what I'm going to do. And they're right. Now you mentioned Pep Guardiola there. So Manchester mm. City at the weekend, 12 straight wins are held to a one-all draw by 12th place Southampton. After the game, Pep Guardiola said, an outstanding game, we prepared really well, but unfortunately in the first action we conceded a goal, but we made one of the best performances of the season. Uh, Patrick mm. Davidson on Sky questioned that. Guardiola simply responded, by far, against a team that defends incredibly well, they're incredibly well organised, today was one of the best performances we played against them. Yeah, I, 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 I did hear that, uh, Nathan. Was he right? I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I thought they were poor on the day. They did seventy five percent of possession of the ball. Now, when people, a lot of people think possession of the ball, then you're playing really well. Actually, uh, Mika, the, the lad doing the Mika Richards. Richards was saying that after the match, but I think that's a lot of nonsense. I mean, you can you can have all that possession and not make any goals because you go sideways, you go backwards. Play a ball's played out to the winger that should be taking the full back hand, pulls out of it, gives it in, and got possession is okay, but you have to be has to be effective. I, I I thought he was in a funny mood. I thought he maybe he he was he wasn't too happy with mm. with, with the interviewer, but to be saying like this was that, and I heard him. I couldn't believe it when he's saying, "Well, this has been our best performance season. I thought we were really great today, really good." And that. I mean, they, they went, they didn't play well at all. What do you think he's trying to do then? I don't know. Is he is he deflecting from the players so he can go into the dressing room and say, "Listen, I've got your back. Today wasn't acceptable, but out there in front of the media, in front of the world, I'm telling them all is fine." Yeah, but you, but you don't have to do that to keep the players on side, Nathan. Mm. You know, I know managers go into the dressing room and they say they might give them a right telling off, and then come out and say different things on the television. I can understand that, but it, but this was something that we all watched. Most well, well, I watched a lot, lot thousand, maybe millions of people watched it, and it, it, like I'm, I wanted to give you my approach. It. I don't think they played well at all, and I, I found it, uh, it just astonishing that he would say what he did in the afternoon after match talk. Mm. I mean, he could have said, "Look, we didn't, weren't at our best today. We got a draw. Uh, we could, we might have won it, but we didn't. But we weren't at our best today. Nothing wrong with that." Nathan. I mean, and maybe he believes it, you know. But I would be, I would be amazed. If, if such a professional man with the success that he's had would watch that performance and say, that's been our best performance of the season. No, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I just don't get it. Really not happening for Jack Grealish so far at Manchester City, albeit at times been played out of position and been played as a sort of false nine in a central role. Uh, have you been surprised that he hasn't made a greater impact so far? Yeah, I thought he would. Now, I thought he was very good at uh, at Villa, who were uh, a mediocre side, and he was by by far and away their best player. 
But but I'd have to say, I mean, the position that he played at, and the, the game he had to play at Villa, is not the game that he's playing at Manchester City now. When I see him now, he's either on the left wing as a, as a sort of out and out winger, or as they call it, a false centre forward. But that's not that's not what that uh, Guardiola bought. He bought a flair playing for Villa, who was outstanding, playing on the left hand side of the midfield. Uh, with freedom to roll around uh, the, the midfield, about the midfield, in other words, he wasn't he wasn't stuck to the left hand side. He'd go and get on the ball, and he was very good at that. Now this is a totally different position, mm. you know. So if you play, if you see a player and you you, you you buy him for what he's doing at Villa, then it really, to make common sense of it, he should be playing in the same position for Manchester City because that's the reason you paid so much money for him. And that's not happening. Does Grealish need to adapt as well? Because obviously it's a different responsibility that he had at Aston Villa where he was the man and when the ball came to him, the ball seemed to stick and he'd take a lot out of it and he'd draw fouls. I think he was the most fouled player in the Premier League and mm. he had to do an awful lot by himself. We're actually at Manchester City quite often the best thing you can do is get the ball and get rid of it again as quickly as you can to one of the other incredibly talented players. Yeah, but, it, but that was from a different position, Nathan. You know, in, in Manchester City, if you got Foden or Mares. Uh, and and uh, Sterling De Bruyne, Sterling De Bruyne, you know. But there's there's players there, especially Foden, Foden and Mares, who mm. are really at the moment, uh, certainly in Foden's career, in the best position on one one wing or the other wing. I mean, they're actual wingers, you know. Like Grealish has never been a winger. He's been a midfield player that could go where he wanted to go in the Villa team. So I, I don't think he's playing in the position. That Philip played him in, so you wouldn't like it's like it's like buying a, a, a terrific inside for, uh, sorry mid, midfield player and playing him at centre forward, which is some of the time he's playing. That that's not why, where you bought him from. You know, I I think I I think his confidence is not good at the moment. It does take players a while to settle into the team, but I think I think he's definitely being played what you would call out of position in the Manchester City team at the moment. Quick one for you before we go. We just had a text in from uh, Anthony Lawless in Ballinasloe. He's wondering if you can remember playing for Ireland at the Sports Ground in Galway in June 1963. It was an exhibition game to mark the visit of JFK to the city. His dad was at the match. Sorry, where was it again? It was at the Sports Ground in Galway. Yes. It was an exhibition. JFK was in town. Yeah. um, I, I played in... I played in Galway in a, in, in, a, in a match as well, competitive match. But I, I remember playing there. Right. But, uh, like Galway at, at, in the early days wasn't in the League of Ireland that. Uh, at that stage, they, yeah. You know, they came into it as as, as we know and did did did, did well. Um, but I was, what, what was the match for again? It was an exhibition match. Uh, JFK, yeah. JFK was visiting Ireland and was in Galway, so it seems they put on a football match. Uh, yeah. At the sports ground to entertain him. I don't him. think he went to it, did he? <laughs> no, they they uh, maybe they they told you he was going to come to get you over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I had a couple, of, a few connections in Galway. There was a pal of mine, Jimmy Shields, who uh, I played with at Manchester United, and he had a, uh, a restaurant pub in Galway. So, it so you had a, go, a good time, anyways. Sorry? You had a good time anyways when you were there as well. Yeah. Oh, I always had a good time in Galway. <laughs> <laughs> always. Uh, well, listen, we might get you back to Galway at some stage over the next while. Now that everything's opening back up again, John, but uh, great to talk to you as always. Thanks, Nathan. All right, so Football Show. Jim Goodwin coming up after 9 o'clock on the Football Show. And after 8, we're going to be talking hurling with Tommy Walsh.
Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.